That is five straight wins for the Cats, baby. Let's talk about it. 2-0 and on the day. A series win in a span of five hours. Today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every single day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook. Of Locked On, make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. What a day. What a day Tuesday was for the Detroit Tigers. They win a series literally in like five hours. And that's obviously large in part due to the pitch clock, but it's also in due to winning two baseball games in a day. And we will gladly, gladly, gladly take that. Vibes are high. We're loving life right now, baby. We are loving life. 2-0 on Tuesday against the Cleveland Guardians, the reigning division champs. My picks still to win this division. And uh, a team that over the last five or six years has absolutely owned you. So really, really fun day of baseball for a lot of reasons. And that's five straight. Five straight, one of the hottest teams in baseball. All right, don't sleep. Let's talk about these games. Let's talk about these very, very fun baseball games that the Tigers won. Uh, let's start, let's just go in order. Okay, so 4-3 to three victory with a walk-off winner. The Tigers' third straight walk-off win at the time uh, is the first game of Tuesday afternoon there, a 4-3 to three victory. Matt Boyd started this ball game. Five innings pitched, five hits, three earned runs, two walks, four Ks on 82 pitches. Um, he had one inning where he got popped for three runs there. It was the fourth inning. And, you know, like the, the first one run was just like a couple of hits in a row, whatever, a couple of doubles, two best hitters in the lineup. Uh, well, should be the two best hitters in the lineup. Josh Bell has not had a great start to the season. Um, and then like the home run, look, like I'm I'm not trying to make excuses or anything like that. Like he gave up a long ball, but like that is a tough pitch to hit a home run on. That was and it wasn't a good pitch either. Like, I, it wasn't. That was a hanging slider. But it was a hanging slider that was, like, way in on the hands. Like, it felt like it was, like, a foot inside. And he still just turned on it and sent it to, to Pontown over there in left field. So, um, yeah. Like, you know, rough inning. But still, outside, that was the only run the entire day. For 18 innings, that was the only inning that the Cleveland Guardians scored runs in. That's kind of wild to think about. You just played 18. You gave up runs in one. Okay, you're going to win a lot of ball games that way. And the Tigers obviously went 2-0 in this one. So, yeah, the fourth wasn't pretty, but it wasn't alarmingly bad either. I don't think he, like, got blown up in the sense of, you know, like his, his pitches just fell apart and his command was awful in that inning or anything like that. Like, 
it, it, it kind of just happened, and it was kind of an unfortunate thing more than anything. Um, as far as executing his pitches go, I still think that he was in the general ballpark for a majority of the outing. Uh, and the other four were really solid, especially the first three innings. He had a no-no going into that fourth inning. Um, so, yeah, really, really solid. And, and it's also important to note that pitching in the cold is difficult. That is, that is a hard thing to do. Uh, they're major leaguers, and they got to adjust, and that's what Matthew Boyd did. He's a traditional, like, really slider-heavy type of pitcher, right? Throws a lot of – still mostly fastball, but a lot of fastball slider stuff. And in this one, threw 51% four-seam fastballs and kind of eased up on the slider a little bit more than he normally would. He got eight whiffs on it. At one point, he he was just pounded 89 miles an hour down the middle, and dudes couldn't catch up to it because they were sitting slider still. So – uh, really, uh, honestly, an, an impressive outing. Like, again, like three runs in five innings isn't a master class or anything. But um, for for given the situation of today and given the, the, the weather and doubleheader and you haven't played, the team hasn't played in two days. I guess he's still relatively close to his normal routine. And, and the ball was – he was topping out at 89. Well, he's topping out at 91. He was averaging 89. And still went out there and put together a, a four of five really, really solid innings. Um, yeah, recovered really well. Uh, on top of that, fifth inning was not bad. Uh, lights out before that inning. We'll take it. We'll gladly take it. All right. Mason Ingler, first one out of the pen in this one. Three innings, two hits, no runs or walks, two strikeouts. 34 pitches. Almost all of them secondary stuff. Okay, listen to this breakdown. 34 pitches. 12 sliders, 11 change-ups, and 6 curveballs. For those who aren't very good at math like yours truly, that is only 5 four-seam fastballs all outing. He faced pretty much everyone in the lineup once. He just kind of did a one-time through the lineup thing. Uh, I think he might have faced Quan twice. Yeah, he faced somebody twice. Um, and yeah, like he's already shown several times this season that he has the ability to be that bridge reliever right the starter goes four or five innings mason england has the ability to carry you to the back end of your bullpen and we he's given up some homers this year right he gave up a homer in the opening series against tampa uh and then he had a really good outing in houston right the 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 legendary outing in houston um then what he gave up a homer in toronto as well so like we got to limit the 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 long ball or San Francisco. That's who the other one he gave up the homer for. So we got to limit the long ball a little bit, and the ERA still looks a little high, but it's gone down pretty much every outing uh, over the last couple, and that's because he has the ability to get stretched out, and, and he can throw two, three, four innings out of your pen and, and keep a, a good offenses off the board. He did it against not that Cleveland some powerhouse offensively, but this is a team that that's gonna probably push 90 wins cross 90 wins again and uh, he did it against Houston too which is objectively one of the best lineups in the sport so really really like what we're seeing out of him great pitch mix as we talked about the slider specifically watch his slider that is a that is a good major league caliber pitch really good and uh honestly like he may end the season throwing more sliders than any other pitch. Like it might just be his number one pitch. And, and, and we might learn that pretty quickly at that um, heck of an outing yet again from Mason Engler, the rule five pick 
Then we go to Alex Lang, one inning, one hit, no walks or runs, 1K. Uh, I thought he looked stellar in, in this one, hitting spots. He was painting at one point. There was one point where he was painting sinkers low and away, and it looked really, really good, man. Like when, when I've said it a million times, and I'll say it again. When Alex Lang is on, I genuinely believe that there are very, very few relievers better in baseball when he is hitting his spots. It's just a matter of him consistently hitting his spots, which is something that we, he has yet to prove he can do over the, the prolonged major league season. But that's a few really good outings in a row, and his ERA is only a little over two on the season. Uh, you know, half over halfway through April now. So we will gladly take it. All right, let's get into the offense uh, because there are certainly still some uh, some frustrations happening on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and then we'll obviously get into Kerry Carpenter, who's just been an absolute monster so far this season. But first, I got to tell y'all about our friends over at eBay Motors. Did I picked the right one. I did. eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know that your part will fit. Or your money back completely because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop at ebay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride eligible items and only exclusions apply All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Vibes are high. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every single day. Tomorrow, we will uh, obviously be recapping on the series finale. Hopefully, sweep in Cleveland, I'm about it. Hopefully, we can make that happen. But if not, we already have a series victory over the Cleveland Guardians and uh, let, let's talk about the offense in this ball game, okay? I, I thought the approaches in this, this was such a frustrating game offensively. I was furious. I was furious watching the offense uh, really all day. Um, but we'll, we'll gladly, vibes are still high. We'll gladly take a 2-0, uh, tw- you know, five-hour stretch there. But, um, th- like, the approaches were solid when no one was on base or there was two outs. And, like, that's good, I guess, to, like, have that urgency of, like, oh, we don't want to go one, two, three this inning. We want to apply pressure. Or, like, nobody's on base. Let's get somebody on. That's great. But then they were absolutely awful with runners in scoring position all game. Innings one through nine. And and we'll get to game two because it's a little different, but, like, kind of the same. And it's been an overlying problem all season so far. But it's just – it's infuriating infuriating to watch a team get on base all game and just have zero ability to drive those runners home. The execution of the at-bats, you know, they, they were they were solid. We, we had, what, 15 base runners? Like, they were solid. It's just, like, you put the ball in play a lot. I think you only had four strikeouts as an offense all game. Like, that's all great, but just completely inexcusable and to have that many uncompetitive at-bats with runners in scoring position. Well, again, 15 base runners, four runs. And if you take away the solo shot that won it, 
going into the, the, the last batter of the game, you had 14 base runners and three runs. Just not good, okay? Not good. And something that, you know, we're, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Like, we're, we're still going to talk about it, the, the things that need improving despite going 2-0, and and that is certainly one of them, okay? So we're looking to still have some so – we, we talked about it a lot. Like, not only the, the clutch hitting, but also just extra base hits. It's another thing that just inherently, even if you're getting some hits, if they're all extra base hits, you're going to score more runs. If most of your 14 base runners are walks and singles, it's going to be tougher to drive runners in. Okay. Um, Badu hit fifth in this game. This was probably the biggest instance of a like bad at bats with runners in scoring position. He had like five lob, I think. Um, and yeah, like there was a, the one specific moment later in the game when we had runners in scoring position, one out, Badu and Torque do up, and we're clawing our way back into this ball game. And Badu just puts together a completely uncompetitive at bat, who then is followed by Spencer Torkelson, who has a two pitch foul ball pop out to first base. Just like that kind of stuff can't happen, and that's the stuff that really drives you mad. So um, definitely still some some stuff that needs to be addressed, okay, certainly. Uh, individually, if we're talking about good things in this game, there was certainly still a lot of good, obviously, with the victory. Uh, Maton, another walk, and the broadcast showed a graphic, I think it was his first at-bat of the game, where he had the seventh highest average pitches per at-bat in all of baseball. And that just kind of goes to what we've been talking about all year. The results maybe got off to a slow start, uh, but they're picking up in the last like week, week and a half. And on top of that, he is consistently working counts and, and putting himself in positions where he's going to get a heater. So uh, really nice to see him continue to do that in the first game, not so much the second game. Riley Green goes three for five. I'm not trying to rain on a parade. I really don't want to be like Debbie Downer. And like, I'm glad he got on base. All three hits. What were all three hits? They were ground balls to second base. All three of them. And like, some of them were hard hit. But literally all three hits were ground balls just out of reach of the second baseman's glove. And like, so I am just praying for him to lift the baseball to the pull side. We saw in game two, he has opposite field power. Both his homers this year are to the opposite field. He had a triple in San Francisco to the opposite field. He can lift the ball and hit it hard the other way. But it, it's infuriating that every single pull hit is in the dirt. It's just driven straight into the ground. And so that's something that he obviously, he knows he needs to work on. It's not a secret, um, but it's something that, that even like all, I was like, okay, that's good. But like, golly, could you give me something? Even if it's not a, a a hard hit, like you know, cranked in the air to the pull side or anything, just give give me a line drive over the second baseman's head or something, man. Golly, uh, Hobby with two more RBIs. Eric Haas four for four, and just like that, he's hitting two seventy five. Fun to see some Babbitt luck in there for sure, but good to see. And hopefully, he kind of just takes off like he did last year after a slow start. And the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, Kerry barrels carpenter my my uh very very good friend garrett kind of started calling him uh carry barrels and i absolutely love it a lot of people today calling him carry bonds as well um what what a dog what an absolute dog uh he goes what three for four with a double that will almost hit off the wall in right field and in july is probably a homer 
the walk-off homer and an opposite field single. Uh, just an incredible day at the plate. And, uh, I mean, we've talked about it before. He needs to be in the lineup against literally every single righty you face. I know a lot of people just want him in the lineup every single day, period. And I'm not against him getting more opportunities against lefties at all. Uh, but, like, they, they even showed a graphic. Like, his numbers against lefties are worse, and his numbers against non-fastballs are still not very good. He's still got some adjustments to be made, and pitchers will adjust and start throwing him a lot more not-fastballs. Uh, but for now, it's Kerry Carpenter's world, and we're just living in it. 100th percentile barrel percentage in all of baseball. 100th percentile barrel percentage. He's in like uh, pushing 90th percentile in a hard hit rate. He is just absolutely crushing the baseball and barreling up everything. And it's just the way his, his bat path is like an automatic barrel. And like he has easy power. Like he's a, he's a jacked dude that, had, that is very strong and he can hit the ball hard. And that's obviously first and foremost. But his bat path is just this at like a 30-degree angle. Like it's just it, – it, it's, it's a perfect barrel swing. And so, again, needs to make some adjustments, needs to get better at hitting some off-speed stuff. But I don't know what Karinczak was doing. Like, again, you have a dude that mashes four-seam fastballs, destroys them, and you just thought you were going to throw, like, eight straight fastballs up and in to him, and he just wasn't going to get a hold of one of them eventually? Like, I, I the, the, the pitch choice there, I don't know if that was the catcher, calling uh or if he was calling his own pitches or if that was you know francona i don't know but that was an awful pitch called at bat he just ca- and i i said it i was on the phone with my buddy like he's gonna if you just keep throwing fastballs up and he's gonna end this game like he's gonna catch up to one that's what he does for a living and sure enough he did carry barrels baby absolute dog um okay let's get into game two natural transition there 1-0 victory. This was definitely not a stellar game offensively. I mean, you scored one run. Um, and, you know, not to make excuses, again, like this team has its woes offensively that uh, it still needs to figure out. But, um, like, this is game two of a doubleheader when it's like 38 degrees outside. That, that's that's a, not a recipe for an offensive explosion for any team in baseball. Nonetheless, Uh, a team like the Tigers who already kind of needs all the help they can get in the offensive department. But um, overall, the the theme of of this game was kind of what we have already been preaching. Like this team, to win games, it's going to need the bullpen to show out. We can expect decent starts. I I think that that's relatively fair to say. The starting pitching was good last year. It's been okay after the first time through the lineup this year. Um, Like I I expect decent starts that are going to at least keep us in ballgames. They're going to need extra base hits and clutch hitting, and they're going to need the bullpen to hang on to games. That's and, and like I know that's kind of captain obviously, but like those are the things that are going to lose us a lot of games too. And so the games we win are going to be because of those. Okay, and in this one, while you didn't have an offensive explosion, you had a really really solid day on the mound, which we will certainly get to, um, and some individual performances offensively that I still think are worth worth talking about as well. Um, Nevin, uh, I thought, was was pretty solid. Had his first hit as a Tiger as well as a walk. Really, really nice walk in a timely situation as well. Um, Riley Green, talked about it already. One for four, the only run scored in game two across either team. 
very un- like unbelievably impressive. Like it, 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 such easy power the opposite way. Like to the point where broadcasters think they're like lazy flyouts. They're like, oh, and there's like a can of corn to left. Oh, and it's gone. Like he, he and I, you know, whatever your opinion of the broadcast team is fine, but like it, it's it's just he did it to the Apple TV broadcast too, and it's just such impressive and easy power to the opposite way as a lefty it that's such a lethal weapon to have in the back pocket just i need him to pull the ball in the air for the love of everything so badly i need it like air i need it um but certainly not going to complain in this game again scored the only run for either team uh and and a very very impressive kind of going the opposite way just just have an easy power to the opposite field and and uh yeah solo shot there late to uh to take a 1-0 lead Jake Rogers oh man Jake Rogers let's get into Jake Rogers after the break because I could talk about him forever but first I gotta tell y'all about our friends over at the ultimate pro baseball GM this is the coolest game I have played in a very long time I've always thought that I could be a great major league GM I know a lot of you disagree with that but as it turns out it's not all that easy if you ever had the same thought of me and wanted to manage your own franchise, go download Pro Baseball GM immediately. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches, the right staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing through difficult personalities, injuries, navigating through free agency, rule five, optioning players, roster moves, trades, etc. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want, when you want. It is the best game out there. Lockdown Tigers listeners are also getting a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use promo code LOCKDOWN in the game store, so make sure to check it out. Download the game. Just visit probaseballgm.com. Scan the code on the screen here if you're watching on YouTube. That's probaseballgm.com, the ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Third and final segment here. Locked on Tigers celebrating two wins for the price of one two wins in about five hours pretty great day of baseball for the tigers jake rogers two walks in this one um and he he's just he gets me so excited behind the plate like he's just so good and he had a 30 second span in this game where he threw out a runner trying to steal second and then the next pitch perfectly framed a ball outside as strike three and got the call like I cannot stress his value behind the plate enough like catcher is my favorite position in sports I was a catcher my entire life I I I cannot stress enough how good he is behind the dish and and I'm so glad that everyone is seeing that like night in and night out and I I genuinely think I've said this a lot uh, that he's going to play more games behind the dish than anybody else on this team pretty comfortably by the end of the year. Um, all, defensively, I guess we can just kind of stick with defense in this one. It was pretty big. Jake Rogers, we already talked about. But Jonathan Scope showed why he had a hit in this one too, but uh, showed why he was a Gold Glove finalist last season. With really, really impressive play to his left side early that kind of got overlooked earlier in the inning. And then Obviously, the, uh, the the diving play to his right side to save the shutout. Really, really impressive day in the field. He had a throwing error, I think, actually early on. But after that, Sands that made up for it for sure. Uh, and like I said, great, great clutch play to keep the shutout intact there. Uh, Matt Veerling, 
been slumping at the dish, but but you see why people like him in moments like that. Like he is slumping at the dish, but he has a ton of value still that he can provide to a baseball team even when he's not hitting. And that's because he's an absolute athlete. Definition of an athlete, uh, fast as all hack and an incredible robbed home run in this game. That's why they they lowered the walls for more exciting plays like that. And you certainly got to look at it in that one. So really, really, really great play. Very fun and uh, kind of kept intact what was a masterclass performance by Eduardo Rodriguez. The story of the day. Eight innings pitched, four hits, no earned runs, no walks, and 10 strikeouts and 99 pitches. That, my friends, is Erod. That is peak Eduardo Rodriguez. Not only is that the best start of his Tigers career comfortably, but that is legitimately one of the best starts in his entire Major League Baseball career. The last time, I think Jason Beck tweeted out, the last time that the Tigers had someone go eight innings, with double-digit strikeouts and no walks or runs was Max Scherzer in, like, 2012. Like, that's the kind of conversation we're having about, like, comparable outings in Tigers' past. (laughs) Like, we're we're talking about over a decade ago, Max Scherzer. So, unbelievable outing. And and I know in his, literally in his last start, I was talking about, oh, this is, like, Erod at his best, you know, six, what do you go, six innings, one run against, against a really good Blue Jays lineup. I mean, this is obviously Erod at his best, right? Like this, this, this was that. This is, I, I can't really say that anymore unless he goes out and throws like a a, a complete game shutty. Like I, I can't really say that anymore. This is the new bar for Erod at his best. Uh, Ninety nine pitches, 37 percent four seam fastballs, twenty four percent sinker, twenty three percent cutter, and a twelve percent change. Pitch mix, absolute perfection, a beauty. 14 whiffs, 15 called strikes, 7 whiffs on the fastball, 5 on the cutter. I can read you these numbers all day. The most impressive stat to me was the average exit velocity. 8 innings of a sample size, 100 pitches almost, 15 balls put in play. Average exit velo was 76 miles an hour. That is absolute masterclass. That is unbelievable stuff. The numbers were really good because he was painting pitches. His command was incredible. Pick your favorite painter. That was Erod on Tuesday afternoon. Um, and he even said after the game, like he said, the, every pitch was just going exactly where he wanted it to go. And you could see that. He was not missing the glove. He was absolutely painting the strike zone. Beautiful. The cutter in on the hands was a really effective pitch all game to lefties um, and, and righties. And on the hands, going the opposite way on the barrel as well. Um, and yet like the fastball was up the fastball up in the zone was like a consistent swing and miss pitch. The beautiful, the sinkers average exit velocity was 69 miles an hour. That's incredibly nice. Just, he was lethal. He was lethal. And the explanation again was pitch mix, which he's always been pretty good at pitch mix just because all of his pitches play so well off of each other. We've talked about that a lot, you know, a lot of barrel missing pitches that when they're tunneled well are, are exquisite in that regard and command. It was the, a big one, but he, you want to talk about again, a dominating the strike zone performance. This is the definition of that zero walks and another tigers pitcher with a ton of Oh one counts and first pitch strikes 72 of his 99 pitches were strikes total. That's an insane clip 
Almost 73% of his pitches thrown were strikes. That's a crazy impressive clip. He was absolutely dotting everything today. Hard to beat someone who's that locked in. And, and that's now two performances in a row. He has only given up one run total in his last two starts. Efficient, effective, well-executed, dominant performance. And, and again, like the efficiency shouldn't be overlooked either. That's something that's really, really important. And after seven, he had only thrown 80 pitches. Send him out there for eight, baby. Light that baby up. Love it. Such a good performance. That is Erod comfortably at his best. And uh, hopefully he can keep the ball rolling. Because like I said, that's two starts in a row that I think he's looked really, really good. Jason Foley closes this one out. One inning, zero walks, runs, or hits. One strikeout. He's locked in. And he looks absolutely amazing. Struck out J-Ram to end the game. J-Ram, by the way, Tigers killer. Like 990 career OPS and a huge sample size against the Tigers. 0 for 4 with 4 strikeouts. Give Erod a statue for striking out J-Ram three times in a game. What a time to be alive, baby. What a time to be a Tigers fan. Look, like let's just general kind of wrap up the day. Overall, the Tigers are now 7-9 and nine on the year after starting out 2-9. and nine. And everybody talking about how this was going to be a worse team than like the 0-3 Tigers, which was always ridiculous. Um, yeah, you've won two series in a row. You have one of those is against, the, again, the, the reigning division champs. And most importantly, it, to me, and I think Mark Gorosh uh, actually tweeted this out um, on, uh, on Twitter, obviously tweeted it out on Twitter. Um, the Tigers are 7-6 and six since getting swept on opening weekend by the Tampa Bay Rays. That's, uh, and again, that's including another sweep against you at home to Boston, where like you could have salvaged at least one of those games. You, you were in two of the three of them. So like you are over 500 since Tampa. Feels good. Vibes are high. What did I tweet out? I tweeted out something that rhymed. V- high vibes and high fives. Love it. Lo- what, a, what a bar. What a bar. Your Detroit Tigers, baby. Five straight victories. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Um, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Shout out to the everydayers as always. And uh, hopefully recapping a, a series victory. They're going uh, Quantrill, I believe. And the Tigers are going Spencer Turnbull. And, you know, Turnbull, we've talked about a lot, has gotten better in each of his last three starts. He's, first start of the season was awful. And every start since then has been better than the last one. Second start was a lot of ground balls, didn't really have any bat missing stuff, but still went five and two thirds, kept the, the uh, was it the Red Sox off the board? And then in his most recent start, got some swings and misses, went almost six innings. So we're hoping to keep building on that, keep heading in the right direction. Um, and, and it's so nice to win the first two because it's really, it's either sweep or still a series win against the better team. We'll take it. All right, let's shoot for six. Oh, what a time. Vibes are good. Now I'm going to go watch uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs choke in the first round again. Sorry to my uh, Canadian Tigers fans, but I host Lockdown Red Wings too. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Five straight wins for the Detroit Tigers. All right, go Tigers, baby.